This is the Breaking Labels Podcast, and I'm Rosanna Gill. Each episode, we'll discuss labels that have confined the stories of my guests at one point or another and their journeys to thrive beyond them. Some labels are external, and others we put on ourselves as limiting beliefs. But regardless of where the label comes from, we're here to break it because we were meant for so much more. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Labels. I am Rosanna Gill, and I am so glad that you're here. Whether it's your first time listening, welcome, or you are a repeat listener. Thank you, thank you for being here today. You are in for a treat. Today you're going to hear from Allison Prince. She is someone that I have admired from afar for quite a while. You're going to get to hear her story of going from a junior high school teacher to a e-commerce expert. And I don't mean like one of those experts who just say they're really good at e-commerce. Like we're talking built multiple, multiple million dollar companies and sold them. So like legit but you are just going to get to hear the most genuine, sincere person. She's a breath of fresh air. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed the conversation with her. If you have not yet, please subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on whatever platform you listen, whether that's iTunes or iHeartRadio or Spotify. So that way, every week when there's a new episode, it's automatically downloaded in your queue, ready to listen to. And if you have not, I would so appreciate if you leave a review. So if you enjoy this episode, leave a review. If you enjoy the podcast in general, please leave a review. I am actually going to start sharing the reviews that people leave just because I think it's amazing that you take any time out of your day to leave your thoughts on the podcast. This week's review is from Albert1235, and Albert says, This podcast is refreshing with an abstract look at everyday problems. I would recommend this podcast to anyone. Well, thank you, Albert. I appreciate that greatly, and thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review. And thank you in advance to anybody else who takes any moment out of their day to leave a review. Also, I did want to share that our partner for this episode is one that if you've been listening for a while, you will remember it is True Supplements. So we haven't talked about them in a little while, so I hope you don't think that I stopped using them. I still like to have my smoothies, especially now that it's getting warmer. Now, if you have never heard a review of mine about True Supplements, let me tell you something. I love their dessert series, okay? Their peanut butter banana cupcake, y'all. So good. Also, the banana maple muffin. I'm not really sure what my thing is with banana, but I really just like it. I think maybe it's because I like banana bread. And these, both those flavors kind of remind me of like banana bread, but as a protein shake. And the other thing I really love about True Supplements is that it is vegan. Now, some people may prefer whey. After switching to vegan for a period, it was really hard for me to go back to whey because I don't love the texture of whey anymore. But the thing that I did love about whey is that they have the most fun, fun, fun flavors like fudgesicle and cookies blow your mindsicle or something like that. <laughs> you get the drift. They always have really fun flavors. And typically with vegan proteins, you get chocolate, vanilla, and unflavored, which for the record, can we talk about the fact that it's never unflavored? Like there's a flavor to it. I don't, I don't understand why you try to tell me it's unflavored when I very much taste a flavor and it's usually not one that I like very much. All that being said, 
I highly recommend True Supplements. The flavor I will not recommend is the vanilla cream because I assumed that since I loved their dessert series, I would love that flavor because I was like, oh, it's vanilla. You know, that's cool. That'd be easy to add other stuff to and, and it would taste great. It's not my personal favorite. And the reason I say that, not to bash them, listen, you might love vanilla cream, but I don't want you ordering vanilla cream on my recommendation and then getting mad at me. So you have been warned, that one's not my personal favorite, but get all up in that dessert series. I'm personally really, really excited to try their chai latte. And they have like a vanilla pumpkin latte one or vanilla pumpkin something. I mean, I know it's not fall, but who says you can only have pumpkin in the fall? That's a silly rule. There is a link in the show notes where you can go and order True Supplements and make sure to use the code breaking labels for 10% off. And if you do order it, take a picture of it. Let me know what you how you end up having it. If you put mixed berries in it, what you do? How what do you sauce up your shake with? I would love to hear from you. Okay. With that, let's jump into this fun fun conversation with Allison. I am so excited to have Allison J. Prince today. She started as a junior high school teacher and became an e-commerce oh, what's the word? Um, e-commerce. I call it an expert. There you go. (laughs) Yes. An e-commerce expert, but that's not exactly what you set out to do. Was it? Not at all. Not at all. I set it out to, I was working in junior high as a school Mm -hmm. teacher in the beginning. And, um, my first month they said that I qualified for food or government assistance. Um, and I could go get something. It was called women, infant children. It's called WIC. Yes. And I yes, could yes, go. Yes. Yeah. I could go qualify for that. And I was like, wait, no, I was told if I went to college and got a degree, I would have financial security. And when they said that I qualified for that, I was like, wait a second, that means I've been lied to mm-hmm. <laughs> or just led. I don't think anybody was intentionally lying to me. Mm-hmm. I just think that's what was expected, right? That was what we knew back then um, when our parents were doing our best and, and our teachers were doing our best. And so I started a tutoring business at night and was working a few hours at night. So I'd work all day long and then I'd work at night and I had a newborn at the time and I'd been married for a couple of years. And I just remember thinking one time, I'm like, I don't want this life. I don't mm. want to work two jobs. I want to be with my baby. I want to be with my husband. I want to enjoy life. I just don't want to be working from like five, six in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, every night. And so it was that moment that I had the big aha, like, I got to figure out how other people make money. What are they doing? So I went to the library, um, because I couldn't, uh, afford books or anything like that. That was way out of the budget. So I went to the school library and started reading what they had at a junior high uh, and everything that pointed towards any amount of wealth or anything like that was all entrepreneurship. Mm. And I was like, what does that word even mean? I didn't even really know what that meant. And I just started diving in and everything that I read, it just kept saying entrepreneurship, start a business, start a business. Um, And then I'd realized that this little tutoring business, that I was starting a business. And then I started hiring tutors to help me. And I took a part of it for advertising, for marketing, for running all the paperwork. And they'd actually do the tutoring for me. 
And so that helped me to grow. And that's when it was like this big aha moment of this is how people pay mortgages or pay for cars in full. I could start to see the bigger picture. Uh, so fast forward a few years, my husband graduates, gets a job in physical therapy. Um, and it, it wasn't like we were starving, right? It wasn't like mm-hmm. poverty. Um, we had enough to put on our table, but it was frustrating because we didn't have enough to put on other people's table. Mm-hmm. And I love giving and I love serving um, as much as I can. And so to go to the store, we'd have to really, really, really budget or pull back completely from our family if we ever wanted to go and put food on the neighbor's table or something like that. And I'm like, I don't like this. And so I started dabbling in business throughout these years and came across what's called e-commerce, selling products online. And I looked around my house because everything I read said you had to have a ton of inventory uh, or have deep pockets. And I didn't have either. So I literally took leftover crafting supplies that were headed to the trash, put them up online, made my first two to $300. I felt like I'd won the lottery. (laughs) And that was my journey um, of starting my e-commerce business. It was just using what I had Mm -hmm. and stepping into the belief that I could change things. At this time, I was a mom of four. I don't think I'd had a good night's sleep in 10 years because of the babies. Right. Um, and so it was just like, can I even make a difference? Can I really help out? And it was that first moment, that first sell. I was so scared to hit publish. I was so nervous of spelling errors of all the things. Right. Uh, And I moved forward. I did it. And it was just that little belief of, okay, I can make two to $300 yes, I can do this. I can do this. And then fast forward my year two, we were a multi-million dollar business. Um, and that's huge because I was a school teacher, right? right? Very, very basic salary. Um, and then seven years later, we ended up selling that business and we have, you, you know, we have multiple businesses. We've taught our kids how to do it. Uh, and it's just been this huge journey, but it all started with me thinking, how do we just alleviate some of the stress of the finances, Mm -hmm. um, of just even being able to pay for food for another family that was going through stuff. I'm curious. And I know this might sound odd because it may not have anything to do with you becoming an entrepreneur or e-commerce entrepreneur, I should say, but why did you decide to become a teacher? Because you could have chosen a lot of different things, right? Gone to school and gotten any sort of a job. Why teaching? Uh, I went to school to become a dietitian. And, uh, like the honest truth is I did, um, chemist, uh, chemistry, just regular chemistry. And that was so hard for me. And then they told me that I had to take organic chemistry and I couldn't hack it. (laughs) I I couldn't hack it. So I had all these credentials, uh, through the, it was, um, biology and math is what science and math. Mm-hmm. And I had these credentials to uh, get the nutrition degree, but I couldn't hack those classes. And so I had to switch to something else. And the teaching degree was honestly the easiest <laughs> to help me to graduate. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, I yeah, get that. I just switched it to t- uh, teaching. So it was interesting how that training of teaching has helped me to teach today. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, organic or inorganic, it was inorganic chemistry. I don't know. One of the two, I could not 
do. Any of them. Yeah. And um, it's interesting how sometimes we feel like we hit these walls and we have to turn in and part of me felt like a failure because I couldn't do it. But really that was my path because I needed to learn how to teach because 10 years later, I would be standing up in front of thousands of people teaching mm-hmm. concepts that I had learned from when I had just first started. So it's just so fascinating how, and I love that you brought that up because I haven't thought about it, but how the things in life that our struggles or our frustrations or what we feel like a failure for are actually just sculpting us to become who we're supposed to be in the future. So thank you for asking that question. That was oh, a good one. You're welcome. I was always curious because I, my, so my dad is a teacher. He's, he's a high school history teacher, but he didn't set out to be a teacher. It was just, he had a history degree because he absolutely loved history. And it got to a point where he had my mom and he had a little baby me and was like, well, how do I, how do I make a living? So he became a teacher yeah. and that was what he was meant to do. Like there is, when I watched my dad in the classroom, cause I actually had him three out of four years in high school, <laughs> which was fun in itself. Um, but I know like that was what he was meant to do, but he didn't, he didn't set out to do that. And it's always so interesting to me how, just like you said, like we think something is a failure, like, oh, this is all I can do. But that might be a part of, and not might be, it is a part of your bigger mission and the bigger purpose that you have. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just, and I, I think the training that I'm doing now, going through some of the stuff that I'm going through now, like this isn't my end all be all it's preparing me for what's about to happen in 10 years. And if I knew what was going to happen in 10 years, I'd probably be really freaked out. And so I'm only given these little baby steps of, Hey, you know, try, try selling trash online. Mm-hmm. See what happens. See what happens. Right. Just these little baby steps to help me to make sure I'm going in the right direction. Cause if I saw 10 years down the road, I'd run a million miles a minute and probably land in the wrong place. And so I think we're just given these little tiny uh, challenges. These little, like, I was so scared to sell those first products. So scared. Why? Then, why, why scared? Cause I'd never done it before. I think mm-hmm. learning is so learning something new, being out of your comfort zone, like comfort zones, like watching Netflix, right. In your Mm -hmm. living room, that's comfortable. But when you're putting yourself out online and you're like, Hey, buy this product for me, you got to go through a whole bunch of crap in your head. Like is the product valued enough? I've got to write a product description. How are my pictures? What about, uh, the shipping and the pricing and customer service? There's just a lot of things that you've got to go through. Uh, Hey bud, I love you so much. Oh, (laughs) it's home life. That's what we do, right? Listen, this is, you're fine. This is, this is my baby actually. The one when you started, when you were selling the vinyl. Yep. (laughs) Yep. He was the one I was nursing one-handed typing, uploading stuff. also love because how many mothers go through that where it's like, Oh, I have a baby. I, what could I possibly do? Yeah. And I loved it because e-commerce, I was selling the vinyl. I wasn't selling Allison. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had bedhead, I had babies spit up on me. And then I went upstairs to a toddler who was wiping all sorts of stuff all over my leg. And I was in pajamas until noon, sometimes four, right? Like I was just in the survival mode. And I was able to craft this business around my schedule. So I started at five in the morning before they woke up. And then um, he would wake up at seven or just right before seven. And so I could type one handed. 
I'd hit publish on the product and then go upstairs and then do the whole breakfast routine with the other three kids. So I literally built this business around my schedule and what worked for my family. And then I'd work during nap times. And then when they'd go to sleep or when the older ones were at piano and the two younger ones were playing. Um, so I literally sculpted it around my schedule, which was such a, such a blessing to be able to do that now. Like our grandparents, they couldn't oh. do that. Right. Yeah. They had to get a brick and mortar and invest and mortgage their homes and just so much risk. And my mm-hmm. risk was the fear of stepping into it. And I'm like, Hmm, I can, I can take that risk. I can take that fear. I can. And then I've learned that that fear that I felt and I've, I continually feel it. That's what I need to mm. know that I'm on the right path. If I don't feel uncomfortable, then I know I'm not growing. Right. And oh. I guess it's a different fear, like fear of, um, like you're in the jungle and a lion's come to eat you. Like that's a different fear, right? This is a fear of being uncomfortable. <laughs> Some getting you. It was a fire truck went right by and was like, he blared his horn oh. right as he passed by. And I'm like, oh, sorry. I didn't hear it. <laughs> okay, good, good. But yeah, like just the uncomfortableness of the unknown. Like when we first yeah. drove, right? Like the very first time we sat behind a car, like we're sweating in all the wrong places because we're thinking, what if I get in a car wreck? What if I wreck the car? What if this, what if this, right? Worst case scenario. And I think that's what happens when we start a new business or start anything new. We go straight to worst case scenario And that causes us to sit in our couches and watch Netflix because that's comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Change is hard, but it has, you have to go through that to be able to change. I'm curious, the more that you put yourself in those situations where you're uncomfortable, does it get easier or do you just become a better coach of yourself? So I've learned that I don't do this journey alone. Mm. Uh, And I'm in the beginning, I thought that I was so different because no one else had these thoughts. And I've learned as I do continue to grow, everybody has these thoughts. Like even uh, Jennifer Lopez, when she puts out a CD or her new label or whatever, she (laughs) has doubt and is like, is this even going to sell? She has complete posture syndrome. And I'm like, sweet. If she has imposter syndrome, then I'm a little bit like JLo sign me up. Right. Right. (laughs) Sign me up. Uh, so yeah, no, I still go through it. I just got asked to speak, um, on a big stage on May 27th. So coming up, um, and it's going to be with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and Jenna Kutcher, like some of the biggest names. And I feel it like I'm starting to get nervous and the sick and the imposter syndrome and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm noticing it. Now go sit to the side because this isn't about Allison. This is about my story impacting mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. And so someone that's going to be there needs to hear my story. That's why I was yes. asked to speak. And so when I lean into that, and then I have people that support me and help me to get through it because it is a real thing. Uh, and our family would call it uh, hold my fear. That's kind of one of the things that we do. And cool. so before I do something that's completely freaking me out, Uh, I'll go and ask my family. I'm like, I need you to hold my fear because I can't hold it right now. Mm -hmm. I need to be the person that God, the universe, whoever you believe in needs me to be at this moment uh, because I know he gave me this journey, not for me, but for me to share. And so I'll go to, I'm like, I need you to hold this because I am not strong enough right now. And all of my family will hold it 
they'll say, mom, we got your fear. We got your fear. And then I can go step into who I need to be. Do I still like two minutes before I get on stage? I'm like, oh, totally shaking. But I know that's just the process of how it works. Um, and so it doesn't stop me from doing it now. It lets me know that I'm on the right path. I'm curious, what are the, whether you want to call it a label or an identity, but what are the things that you've thought about yourself as a reason why you can't do something? Uh, I think it's just why I can't do something. Part of me always, I think it was because I don't know how, mm-hmm. but I, I determined when I was a teacher that I was like, I'm going to figure out how to make money. I'm going to figure out how to be a millionaire. I'm going to figure out how to pay for cars in cash. Right. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out so that the decisions that I make today aren't determining or aren't being determined by money. And so I think I was just in that spot of, um, I can figure it out. Like I'm going to figure this out. I don't want to not take dinner to a family because I don't have the money. That's ridiculous. Figure it out. Right. And I think as humans, we're the best problem solvers in the world, of course, because we're still alive. Right. Mm -hmm. We solve problems every single day. And so entrepreneurship is literally just solving problems. Like what's the next problem? What's the next problem? What's the next problem? And so I think it was just, I was, I'm determined. And I was like, I'm not going to live. I'm going to figure out how to provide for myself. Now, my husband, he did a great job, but if anything happened to him and I had to go back to a teacher salary, oh, with four kids, we couldn't have made it. And so I had to figure out something. Uh, And so the belief was, wasn't, can I, or can I not do this? It was, can I figure this out? How can I figure this out? other people have done it. So why can't I be next? Like, let me stand up. And I've seen moms online start making millions of dollars with their kids running in the background. And so I started watching their narrative of how they were doing it. I'm like, well, why can't I do this? Why can't I be next? Right? Like, uh, two months ago, my kids were on a break and I was like, let's go to Disney world. And they were like, what? It, it wasn't, I wanted to spend time with them. My husband stayed home. We were moving and I just needed to get away. And I really wanted to spend time with them to grow some, uh, I'd been working a ton and I just wanted kid time. And so we went to Disney world and we didn't have to like rearrange the budget or save for 10 years. Like we, and we had so much fun on that trip. And I think it allows us to bond better mm-hmm. with each other. And, and then the whole time, if I was thinking, oh my gosh, I got to put it on my credit card and then I'm going to have interest and the payments are going to be this, I would have just been internally stressed. And I don't like that life. Yeah. And so I think that's why I constantly teach people like there is a way you can be next. You can stand up and say, I can do this. Why? Because I can. And you know, that that's the mantra we live by is we have the cell phones. We have the technology, we have the trash to be able to be the next ones. Um, I have a neighbor here in Puerto Rico. She moved here and didn't have any trash to sell leftover stuff. So she actually went to the local secondhand store and worked out a deal for, it was, she got 20 items and paid a dollar each. So she'd go right before they closed and she'd pick out 20 uh, items for 20 bucks. And then she'd go list them on eBay and she would make anywhere between 25 to $250. 
that changed her life. She made $10,000 doing that. And then she took some of that money and then is now building her dream business. And so I think just knowing that there's a way Mm -hmm. to do it and then leaning into it and being uncomfortable. And, you know, I'm sure to having that conversation, that gal having that conversation with the owner of the business and she's like, Hey, can I buy a product for a dollar? Like, I'm sure she was like, they're going to say, no, they're going to like roll their eyes at me. She's like, I'm just going to try it. What are they going to say? No. Right. Okay. Then we'll keep talking about it. And so I really think, um, just leaning into, you know, do you want it? Do you want to live that life of freedom and not of stress and then going for it? And no, you'll be told no, sometimes no, you're going to be scared out of your ever living mind, but is that freedom worth it? And for me, it was for me, it was. So can I tell you one of the things I really love about what you say is when you say the reason for you is that you couldn't help other people because I worked in outside sales for a company, um, for many, many years. And the inside sales team were the ones that really made a lot of money. And they, what a lot of times would talk, I would go to these sales meetings and they would talk about like the cars they were buying and the fancy stuff. And I, none of that really does much for me. So I used to think that meant that I wasn't driven that, well, I don't want to spend money on that. So I'm just, I guess I'm just not very driven or maybe money's not that important to me, but when you talk about that, that does resonate because being able to help other people, mm-hmm. being able to, for me, a big one was being able to go out to eat and not worry about what the price tag is of the meal. Mm-hmm. Because for my twenties, I mean, every time I went out to eat, it was like, I know what I want to eat, but I know what I can afford to eat. Yep. And yep. so the first thing was just getting to a point where I don't have to worry about how much it costs. And then to be able to pay for other people to eat. Like I could go out with my friends and I could pick up the tab. And I just, I wish that more people realize that just because you're not driven by cars and homes or, well, I I would like a a beautiful home. Let me take it. (laughs) But but just because you're not driven by that doesn't mean that you couldn't still be driven or that you can't still want, you can't still want more for your life. Just so that's honestly that's something I struggle with a lot because in the area that I am in, um, like in the business world, um, a lot of the, of my business peers, they drive really, really fancy cars and houses and, or they don't drive a house, but you know what I mean? Like they have these (laughs) elaborate homes and I literally have no desire. The car that I drive right now, we bought it for (laughs) $2,000. And sometimes I'm like, do I need to like get a little fancier? That's not me. And then we hit a financial goal that I was super proud of. Like, I remember thinking if we could ever hit this financial goal, I'd be so excited about it. And we hit it. And in the beginning, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a nice car. I'm going to buy a nice car. We hit it. And I was like, I don't want the nice car. Mm. So we ended up donating the money to charity and that filled my soul. So I get it. Like, I don't. I don't want both. Like for me personally, there's nothing wrong with that. If people do, nope, nothing. but wrong. for me, I'm not driven by fancy things because that means you just have to take care of them. And mm-hmm. I have four kids who spill their slushies in the car and Cheerios everywhere. <laughs> um, or friend, you get your friends in there and they don't, it's just too stressful for mm-hmm. me to have super 
<laughs> nice things. Right. And my husband, um, about a year ago comes into the office and he's like, Hey, um, I just bought some mattresses. I'm like, we have mattresses. What are you doing? <laughs> and he said, uh, so we live in Puerto Rico and a hurricane skipped Puerto Rico and just devastated the Bahamas. And there was a family up there, uh, mama four, and they were sleeping on their concrete slab because they didn't even have a house. So it was a tent and a concrete slab. Um, and when he said he bought them mattresses, that's what they were looking for. Because can you imagine what that mom's hips felt like with the dad, like his aching back, those kids just sleeping on concrete kids are a little bit more resilient, but after a while it just stinks. Right. And we didn't have to go back and budget in for mattresses. Mm -hmm. We have a fund to give and to give freely. And that to me does more than stuff because it's just mm -hmm. stuff. Right. And so for me, I, I guess I have a different philosophy of it. I, I mean, there, like I said, there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. having fancy, nice things at all. I just, at this point, and I don't even know if there'd ever be a point, but I just don't care for fancy things. I would rather feel good. Like giving a tip to a wait waitress, that's the same amount that your food costs. Like that is so empowering. We did that for, there's this cute little um, crepe place uh, just up the road. And I took my boys there and the bill came to like $51 or something like that. And you actually can't do a $51 tip. We found out. So I did it for 50. I have to do it for a dollar under because they won't let you match it. Um, and so I did it and I didn't have any cash. So I just did it on my credit card. Um, so I did a $50 tip and she cleared it out. She's like, Oh, you did it for too much. And I said, no, I didn't. I want to give you a $50 tip. She was crying. My son's Cause we were on a mom Sunday. My sons looked at her and looked at me and that moment I know changed their life. We get out into the parking lot and they're like, mom, that was the best feeling ever. Mm -hmm. Like I know buddy, that was a, that was probably more than she made an entire day. And we're living in a pandemic and she has to come and show up and put her family at risk to serve us. So let's do this. And so for me, I guess it's just different for me. <laughs> and that's why I feel like I'm supposed to tell, show people how to make money. Cause I want them to give money, to have that addicting feeling and watch their kids say, Oh mom, that was a cool feeling. And then I can turn to my kids and I'm like, that's why we make money Yes, is to change that person's life. Even if that waitress for a moment was like oh, that $50, it just, that moment changed her life. Oh yeah. Listen, that is, that's why I do what I do is for that. Somebody who waitressed all throughout college. And then after having to do it on weekends, because the first job out of college was like, I can't pay school loans and survive. So there's going to have to be two jobs and $50. I mean, <laughs> that was the difference of whether I could pay my electric bill, you know, yeah. like mm -hmm. I get that. And it's so powerful because I think Part of the reason some people don't open themselves to possibilities is because there's this guilt of, well, if I make a lot of money, I'm a bad person or it's, yeah. or it's going to make me a bad person. Yep. And it's like, it no, if you have a heart to give, you're going to have an even bigger heart to give if you have more to give. Yeah. Money's just a resource, right? So if like water is a resource, what happens if we put water on a plant? 
it grows. Right. And I learned this from a gal named Kathy Heller. Money's a resource. So if you put money in to you, who you are, whatever it is, you're going to grow. Cause you've seen rich people who are jerks and you've seen poor people who are jerks. Yep. You, and, and so it doesn't make you who you are. It just makes more of you. So if you're a good person, make money so you can be more good in the world. Do more good. That was really bad grammar. Not an English teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and I really, I don't know. I, I wanted to be one of the good guys that Mm -hmm. had a lot of money. Mm -hmm. This is what we can do. We can change lives. We can impact the woman who's got those mattresses, who sleeps on that mattress. She wakes up the next morning and she's a better mom mm-hmm. because she's not crabby. She's not achy. She's not grumpy. She has a moment of rest and our bodies need rest. Right. And, and so for me, that's how Alison Prince changes the world is by doing those little things. It's not by big, huge, showy, flashy things. It's little things that really impact people's lives. I'm curious in, in all the, the, thousands of people that you've taught at this point through the zero to hundred K program or, or the next level, the different programs, what are some of the common, I guess, not stops, but what are the common things that you see a lot of people running into? Like whether it's views of themselves or their ability, like what are the things that you see the most? Like they're stumbling blocks of why they're not moving forward. Thank you. Obviously (laughs) I was, ironically, I was a journalism major, but Still not very good with words. Sometimes I get a little hung up. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. Uh, So I think one of the biggest hiccups, uh, stumbling blocks that people have is they think that the thing that they're selling today is the thing that determines who they're going to be in 10 years. Mm -hmm. For me, I knew that trash selling trash, (laughs) I wasn't going to be doing that 10 years later. But I had to give myself permission to start with what I had. And I think a lot of people come in and they're like, I need to look really professional. I need to have a beautiful site. I need to have a beautiful logo. I need to have all the things to start. And I think that's one of the biggest lies out there. I go back and I look at my first website. It was so embarrassing. And I'm so glad that Google kept pictures of it. Because I erased all mine because I was so embarrassed by it. But now I go back and I'm like, oh, I did it. (laughs) I did Mm -hmm. it. I did it. And I didn't have to be an A plus. I was okay with being a C. Mm -hmm. C's get degrees, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think um, comparison, perfectionism is the biggest stumbling block out there. When you don't have to do that, you can go sell on eBay, Macari, Poshmark, Facebook marketplaces, not even need a logo, a website, anything fancy. All you're doing is just selling what you currently have, like resources that you currently have, right? Look around Mm -hmm. your house. What's collecting dust, put it up on Facebook marketplaces, put it in a Facebook group, put a Poshmark, right? Like start with those small things. Cause that's going to start building the belief in your soul that you can create money. Mm-hmm. And then when they sell their first product, another stumbling block that I see in it, I'm just like, ah, oh, as they sell their product and they're like, I only made $25 or they'll say I made my first sale, but it's only $25. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, I'm I like, the, but it's only is telling you that you didn't do a good job when that first dollar to make online is the hardest one to make. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't take time to realize you just made 25 of the hardest things to make, now you've gotten over that stumbling block. Now you have opened the door to however much you can possibly make. Like, I just, I just want to shake those people with love and say, no, you just conquered so much, like embrace that. And, um, I think why I'm so passionate about people sharing their wins is because, um, I had a business, um, person, (laughs) they wouldn't let me share any of my wins. They said all the time, that's not good enough. This is when we were hitting millions of dollars, like million dollar months. And they would say, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. And so to me, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not good enough. I guess I'm not. I, I mean, I thought I, for me, I was like a million dollar month. I was a school teacher for crying out loud. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> that was really hard for me to not accept those wins. And then as soon as, um, uh, that dissolved, and I was no longer around that negativity, I learned, oh my gosh, I need to start accepting my wins, no matter how small they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And some days my win, like literally is eating, instead of eating a whole dozen cookies at one time, <laughs> six cookies at one time. I'm like, that's a win. That's a win. Right. It's not all about, it doesn't all have to be about money, but just celebrating those small things yeah. and accepting and are telling our brain that we did a good job. Like in, instead of saying, okay, Allison, you haven't worked out for a year. You probably need to lose some weight. And then the affirmation of, oh, Allison, you're beautiful. You have a pretty body, all that kind of stuff. Right. My brain's going to be like, you're not a supermodel. Like you're such a liar. But if I can say, you know what, I have the self-control or I'm learning to have self-control to eat six cookies instead of 12. And then I do it. Then my brain starts to accept it. Mm-hmm. And says, okay, that is truth. And I can believe that. And then I'm like, okay, now instead of the cookies, I'm going to start eating fruit instead. Mm-hmm. And my brain's like, yeah, I believe you can versus your brain being your biggest enemy mm-hmm. and saying, no, you can't, no, you can't. Right. Cause we've all had those thoughts, right? You oh, can't yeah. do that. You can't do that. Like when I first started, when I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire, my brain's like, Oh, what? No, you're not. You're a poor school teacher. Right. And so I started saying, you know what? I'm going to learn how to become a millionaire. And my brain's like, okay, I can accept that. I can mm-hmm. accept that. And so I wasn't fighting with my thoughts in my head of disbelief. My brain was saying, okay, yeah, you can learn that. You can learn that. And so I was able to step into it. Um, so much faster, I feel than battling with those thoughts in my head. I gave my brain truths versus extremes, <laughs> extreme affirmations that won't, it won't work. Oh, I love that. I mean, especially in the last probably six months as I've been doing a lot of reading and trying to figure out, like for me, starting the podcast, which I understand for some people is like the no big deal, but it took years for me to get to the point where I was like, I'm going to do this because I know I'm supposed to, and I know I want to, and I'm willing to figure it out. Yeah. And 
And, and I was telling, I can't remember who I was talking to about it. And I was like, you know, I didn't do it for the longest time because I was so afraid of the tech because one of the things I'd always told myself is I'm not tech savvy. I'm horrible with tech, which I don't know why I didn't realize if the more I said that, the more true it was, but I had to say, okay, I, 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 maybe that's not my strong point yet, but I can figure it out. And every time I did figure it, which, you know, thank God for YouTube, because apparently YouTube, you know, you can learn anything on YouTube, but every time I'd figure something else and I problem solve, I, I got a little bit more confident, a little bit more confident. And now I know that I'm going to, there are going to be other things that I don't know how to do. And that's okay. I'm going to learn it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like instead of saying, I can't do that, change it to, or, or I can do that, or I am going to be that. Just mm-hmm. I'm learning how to do that. I'm going to accept that I'm okay at a C plus with it and move forward into it. And yeah, a lot of people are like, I'm not tech savvy. And I'm like, oh, great. You don't have to be. Mm-mm. Like you're not coding. You're not going in there and learning CSS or whatever it is. I don't even know what the coding languages are. The HTML. Yeah. <laughs> That's for coders, right? Yeah. Starting an online store or starting a podcast, you're not there. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Other people have done that. We're using, it's like they built these big, beautiful homes for us and we can go and stay in one of the uh, rooms. They've got everything done for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have to pay some rent to stay in there, but they've laid the foundation. They put the roof on, they make sure the electrical works. They make sure the water works. Uh, and some people are like, I got to build a home. And I'm like, why, <laughs> why you don't need to, you don't need to, there's ways to do it that make our life easier. Mm-hmm. So one thing what? I really love that you said, and I just, am like, I have to acknowledge this is when you were talking about how embarrassed you were by your first sight and how, isn't it amazing? Like if you hadn't had that embarrassing sight, would you have been as qualified to teach the people that you do, or you would have been qualified, but would they have resonated as much with you if they didn't feel like they could see themselves in you? That's why I'm so glad Google keeps track of everything, (laughs) everything. And then I remember doing my first Facebook live. Um, I was running up and down the stairs because I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I did e-commerce for seven years. I hid behind my computer. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to do Facebook lives. Like I did a couple here and there just to test it because I was just curious about how it worked. But when I had to get on and actually present material versus like, oh, look how cute the sky is or whatever it is, I, like my fingernails were sweating. <laughs> like I was not comfortable. And so I'm running up and down the stairs. Uh, and now when I get on and people are like, you're so good on camera. And I'm like, thank you. But it was four years of every week showing up multiple times and they're like, whatever. And I show them that video and they're like, oh yeah, you were a hot mess. <laughs> so <laughs> I allowed myself to not be perfect and to figure out how to get the jitters out. When I go stand on this stage, um, in May, you'll see, like I've, instead of me having to run up downstairs, um, if you watch it, like I'll be using big movements mm-hmm. to help with the anxiety and the stress and the, just like the nervousness, like escape my body. And that's how I've learned to deal with that. Like public speaking was never my gig ever. I'm Mm -hmm. an introvert. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I'm like, I love talking to people, uh, but getting in a big group of people, I hide behind my husband. 
um, it's just so overwhelming for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I'll have to take breaks to like, just stare at a blank wall to be able to build my energy back up. And I seriously love, love, love people. I just need to know how to, I guess, protect Mm -hmm. and respect who I am as a human being. So I can go and serve people the best that I can. Uh, and so people are like, Oh my gosh, it's so good to hear that you're an introvert instead of being an extrovert, because a lot of people are like, I'm not an extrovert. I'm like, you don't have to be. I have a sister who crushes it online. She doesn't even have a social media account. She's the biggest introvert I've ever met. <laughs> so introverted. Um, and she's like, I don't want a social media account. I don't want anything. And so she's built a business around who she is and she's doing well over six figures a year and no one knows who she is. And she loves that. She loves that. I've gotten her to speak a couple of times in some of my trainings because it's a small group of anywhere between like 150 to 300 people. And she's like, okay, I can do that because her story is so powerful um, and it resonates. So the, where you are and what you do, don't try and be fake. Mm-hmm. Fake never, never resonates with people. You have to be who you are. My Instagram feed is a hot mess. Like my family pictures, someone's always got their eyes shut. Someone's <laughs> always looking away. Someone's always like doing something wonky, right? That's my That's family. That's real life. Yeah. And if I did perfectly po- posed pictures, first off, we'd never get them. So I'd never post, <laughs> right? And then I'm like, that's not us at all. I, it's not us. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, so where can people connect with you? Where, where do they find more Alice and J Prince? So we've got a podcast called because I can life, which is so, so fun. <laughs> I love your podcast. It is the most inspiring thing. I look forward to it every single week. Oh, thank you so much. And it, it's the guests that I get to bring on mm-hmm. that are unbelievable. Sometimes I'm talking to these humans and I'm like, this is what I do. <laughs> so right. cool. Yeah. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> And even this, like, if you would have asked me to be on a podcast three years ago, I would have been like, I can't do a podcast. I can't do a podcast. And it took me three years to get comfortable, not, not even comfortable three years to start a podcast because I was so in my head. Now I'm like, why didn't I do this earlier? What the heck? (laughs) So yeah, because I can live podcast, you can find me on Instagram, Allison J Prince one L and then don't forget the J A L I S O N J Prince. And then the, the blog, Allison J Prince, Facebook, YouTube, all the things. (laughs) Awesome. And I will have links to all of that in the show notes as well. So awesome. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate you. you. Thank you. Wasn't she awesome? I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Like I said earlier, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you really enjoyed the episode or know of somebody who you think might be questioning, should I be doing something else? Could e-commerce be for me? Have them listen to first this episode and then please, please, please encourage them to listen to Allison's podcast, the Because I Can Life podcast, because man, if you are in need of inspiration, it is a great place to go. I thoroughly enjoy listening to it every week. So the link to her podcast, her website, her Instagram, all the things are in the show notes of this episode. So please check it out. And with that, I will see you next week.